When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But right now, we uh, catch up with a man who's uh, spent uh, almost a lifetime in sports uh, on the organisational side of things, running world-class events. He's uh, worked on a number of domestic and global events as well, on local organising committees for numerous World Cups, whether it's football, rugby, cricket, amongst other things. But over the last decade or so, he has been the CEO at uh, Sky Stadium. But that tenure is coming to an end when he departs at the end of the season. Uh, very well plugged into uh, the realm of uh, live sports and events. Um, and I think um, at the beginning of the month at the New Zealand Events Association Award, uh, he was crowned winner of the Outstanding Contribution to the Industry category for 2023, so he already has more awards than me. Shane Harmon, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Thanks, Daniel. I'm very good. Thank you very much. Why are you leaving us? It's just time. Um, ten and a half years in the role, um, kind of known from the middle of last year, and I just felt getting the business through COVID, getting events back on track, um, getting the upgrades done and then seeing through the FIFA World Cup um, just now feels feels like the right right time. Yeah. Do you need plenty of energy and commitment for your role, you think? And was that uh, on the wane uh, a little bit? Um, I, I wouldn't say it was on the wane, but absolutely you need energy and commitment. Um, it is, you know, events... Um, by the nature, events are always challenging, regardless, um, you know, what kind of a crowd you have in the venue. And, uh, you know, you never relax in this role until um, you're driving home after the uh, event. And uh, you can then look back at a job well done. Um, but um, the single biggest thing in this role, um, the single most important factor from the beginning is that, you know, you get people to the venue safely and home safely and everything after that is a bonus. Mm. So you wanted to take off some big ticket items, getting through COVID. We'll touch on that in just a moment, but uh, renovations too. So, so you're going to leave with a real smile on, on your face as far as how it all looks and what uh, paying customers can enjoy at that stadium. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think uh, that the FIFA World Cup was a really good catalyst to provide some really good enhancements for the, for the fan experience. So the, the new lights are, are simply amazing. They've, they've way exceeded my expectations. So... It gives all of our teams and, and their events um, really new toys to play with in terms of just the fan engagement and the sports presentation piece. Um, the turnstile upgrades have been amazing. They're, they're lightning fast. Um, they're going to make significant differences at the, at, at the entry point for, for large events. And, um, you know, the work we've done to upgrade all the change rooms to gender neutral, like over the last 12 months, has been phenomenal. We've had 21 games of women's sport at Sky Stadium. Yeah, um, and I know that's a, an outlier with obviously the, the WXV and the, the Women's World Cups, um, but um, you know that that's been incredible. I'm really proud that we're able to play a small part in, in elevating women's sport over that period too. I think the stadium is less than 25 years old, right? But it, it's amazing to me how much the world and the industry has changed. Um, that like, if you walked in on it on day number one, uh, it's, pro- it's not appropriate for 2023, is it? Um, what, the, the current venue? 
No, no. Like, ha, ha, like w- when it opened, and we're only what yeah. less than twenty five years on. How much yeah. the sort of industry has moved on that you've had to move with that with, with those times as oh, well? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And and like you're seeing, you're seeing in other markets around the world that um, you know stadiums, um, particularly in the U.S. and then even in Australia, you, you're seeing stadiums being being demolished after um, you know twenty or thirty years. Um, and and uh, you know being being upgraded and enormous amounts of money being ploughed into stadiums overseas, um, but but yeah absolutely there's been big changes in the industry. Um, you know when this stadium opened, the relatively small number of events, um, but probably with bigger crowds. Um, now um, 25 years later, we have probably doubled the number of events, but on some of the business as usual sports, smaller crowds than maybe what when the stadium opened. What's your thoughts on getting people to venues? Like the media is obsessed with reporting crowd numbers and saying, so, oh, and people mm-hmm. focusing in on the, that wasn't well attended. Um, is it just sign of the times that there's more competition and that we're a little bit foolish to think you're going to get huge crowds for every single thing? Yeah, look, I'm I'm fairly philosophical about it. I think um, you know context is needed here, and actually the size of the markets we're dealing with. Like New Zealand is a tiny market, full stop. And then when you go to the regional markets and in, in, uh, the cities, they're, they're even smaller again. So like this season, you know, when we're pulling 16 or 18,000 for, for the Chiefs and the Crusaders, they're, they're, they're good crowds in my mind. Um, I'd like to see bigger crowds for the Phoenix. I'm very bullish on the world game. I think we're very fortunate yes. up to this point to be the only um, city in Oceania with a professional football team. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously a football fan. And uh, I'm still a big believer, and, and I still think football has a very bright future in New Zealand. I think the introduction of a second A-League team in Auckland will be very good. And I saw Andrew Pragnell talking up potentially at some stage a, a third team in Christchurch, would be, which would be fantastic. So um, I, I think football will continue to grow. Um, but, yeah, we'd, lo- we'd love to see more people coming along to Phoenix Games in particular. And I think with them coming back after the international break uh, and uh, the form that they've been in, that we'll, we'll see that happen. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I've sort of been a little bit confused because the on-field product's been pretty compelling over the last couple of years, but sort of been on, on the flatter side by, by historically their numbers, uh, for, for, for sure. Like, the front-facing, I, I guess in your time you've asked your customers a lot. Um, I, I get the impression when speaking to some sort of disgruntled fans, they always feel they're not being listened to. So I, I know you have. So what are the most common messages, you know, fans are asking of and reasons for why they would get out and go to something? But I think you touched on it earlier on. Um, you know, back maybe 20 years ago, um, I don't think customers and consumers and fans had the, had the choice of options to do what it, with, their, with their time. And, um, you know, you, you look at the ticket prices for sport in New Zealand, they're actually quite reasonable compared to overseas. Um, you know, people would say food and beverage prices, they, they want better value, etc. But I'm just back from the U.S. And, and I went to some NFL stadiums over there. And holy moly, the prices um, there compared to New Zealand, it's, a, it's, it's light years ahead. But I think, um, I think the single biggest factor on the game day experience for me is, is the crowd and the size of the crowd. And we saw it during FIFA World Cup. And it's amazing when you've got full houses where you are under pressure and um, you know, queues will be longer and you are creaking at the same in terms of deliver a really good experience. The crowd makes up for that. And 
you know, we had 230,000 people through the stadium over those nine games. And I think, like, we, we do track kind of customer feedback and complaints that we get. I think we had four complaints over the entire nine games. Everybody came here and, and had a really good experience. So I think, um, you know, that it, is, it is getting big crowds is what, is what um, delivers for me the, the, the greatest part of the event they experience. Yeah, but just the satisfaction of the crowds, if it is on the lower side, um, you know, seven or 8,000 can still make it a, a wonderful experience. So, um, you know, fan, oh, fans play a part in their, in, their own ex, in their own experiences. If you try to have if fun you, there. Have, yeah, absolutely. If you have seven or 8,000 people here for a Phoenix game, that's a really good atmosphere. And, um, you know, it's important to allow the fans to, to, you know, organically create that atmosphere as well. And, you know, we're not telling them what to do. And, and uh, you know, we've got a really good relationship with the Phoenix and, and the Yellow Fever and their fans. But, um, and, and when this place is full, and we've seen it for those big events like those intercontinental playoffs, there's, there's not many places better than it in terms of atmosphere. What are some of your favourite events you've had in, uh, over a decade? Oh, there's been, there's, been, there's been so many. There's been so many. Like, I mean, I think, um, I think if we look at rugby, first of all, and the... Uh, the Hurricanes run in 2015 and 2016 and, and hosting both of those finals. Um, you know, I can look at the Lions, obviously, in 2017 and, and even, even Ireland last year with that famous win here. But the, the one rivalry that I always look at is the All Blacks versus South Africa. And, you know, like at the three games that we've played here, that, that the South Africa have played here in my time here, um, 2014, the All Blacks won 14-10. 2018, South Africa won 36-34. 2019, it was a draw, 16-all. Like, one of the great rivalries in, in, in sport. And for me, the, the greatest rivalry in rugby. And I've really enjoyed those games here. Um, Cricket World Cup in 2015, Martin Guptill's um, uh, 237 unbeaten um, was, a, was a highlight for me. Um, the team uh, went up and fetched the, one of the balls off the roof um, after, during the game that, that <laughs> hit up the roof. And I, I got to present it personally to him after the game, so that was a that was a bit of a highlight. Um, a couple of others, I think the, the, the Phoenix coming home game in '21, where we had 24,000 people here, um, was one of the best atmospheres that I've ever seen for an event at the stadium, and it was a really special day. Competition from other stadiums, what does it mean? There's a big, beautiful new one being built down in Christchurch. Does does that make it a far more competitive space um, you know how does that impact your market at sky stadium L- longer term i know it's not your problem <laughs> because you are moving <laughs> on you know? but, but 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 would it whoever's in the chair does does that sort of make it a more competitive landscape yeah look it, it does um but it's interesting like new zealand really in terms of big events like concerts etc new zealand really punches above its weight relative to any other country in the world and um when you're bringing major acts to new zealand they, they all can't go to auckland um auckland can't sustain all of that content so there is there is enough to go around like there isn't another country in the world with a population of five million for example that has got um three Foo fighters concerts coming up um this january in, in auckland wellington and, and christchurch so there is, there is enough content to go around. Um, you know, obviously each of those venues has got their own home teams. Um, they're multi-purpose venues, so they're not just about sport as well. Um, and we've actually got, and over the years, I've, I've had a terrific relationship with my counterparts at the, at the other venues as well. And, you know, we all supported each other through, 
through COVID. So there is there is some competition there, but um, I still think there's enough enough content to go around. I'm just watching uh, the Premier League's channel on Sky, um, and they've got a whole show on all the VAR decisions between Chelsea and Spurs. And I can't help but think, it must have been mental inside that stadium trying to keep up with what's going on. VAR is a television product for mine, and I think it's really problematic to the sport. This is my own opinion, on, on keeping people informed inside the venue. You still want people to go there. Is that one of the challenges, whether it's... Uh, information, providing information to those who are in attendance, or, or just being able to compete with maybe a television product overall. Yeah, look, it is it is interesting, particularly the introduction of of, um, of the, the the video replays and then the, the video analysis on those decisions. And um, you know, it can be quite um, it can be quite confusing if you don't have that information. Um, but I think it's really important that. Um, you know, fans are hearing that real time from from the referees in the ground and how those decisions are made. Um, I think there's opportunities to better use the scoreboard for for getting that information across. Um, we're about to upgrade um, our big screens early next year um, to high definition, so um, I think there'll be um, better opportunities in terms of getting that information across. I was at the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne yesterday, where there were three right sorry last year or earlier this year where there were three red flags um, in that race and uh, we're sitting there with no idea what was going on. Um, we were going to social media to kind of find out what was actually happening at the, at the race. So when, uh, when you've got um, so much officiating going on and, and it's not coming through in real time, it can be quite confusing, but I, but I think there are, there are ways to actually Im- improve on that. Yeah. Objectively, does Auckland need a smaller, newer venue as suggested by the new owner of a certain Auckland football club? Um, well, Auckland being the biggest market, um, you know, probably, you know, it, it, but it's been trying to sort out its situation for stadiums for, for a long, long time. And um, they've obviously opened up submissions to potentially look at a new national stadium, but there doesn't seem to be um, much of a willingness to invest from the ratepayers' perspective. So, like, I, I, I think Christchurch is kind of the last fully publicly funded stadium that's going to be built in New Zealand, I think any new bills going on are going to have to be some kind of a public-private partnership because the costs have just right. um, gone, gone through the roof. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to weigh in and lecture from uh, Auckland on their situation, um, but yeah, it, it, will be, it will be very interesting to see what happens there. But the, the issue in New Zealand is, again, very small market, and these venues have to feed many mouths. And... Uh, um, you know how many how many stadiums can each of these cities actually actually afford um, is the is the question. Absolutely, uh, very very much agree with you on that. The funding side of it. If I gave you uh, a fat check with as many zeros on it, uh, let me guess you put a roof on your stadium. Is that the one wish that you would have? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I, I think you've got to consider that actually in the. For the lifespan of this stadium, so it's nearly 25 years old. Let, let's say it's got a lifespan of 25 years, or another 25 years. And yes. I do believe you're probably better, you know, putting that money aside and, and waiting to see what is next, and, and putting it towards a new build rather than retrofitting something um, on this current building. Is my view. Um, I, I think that would be money better spent, but. You know, again, by the time this stadium is due to be replaced, you, you know, you're not going to have any change out of a billion dollars in building something similar at that point in time. And, and they're just eye-watering numbers from a New Zealand perspective. And 
Again, I said it was in the U.S. last week, 5.5 billion U.S. dollars. SoFi Stadium, I saw an NFL game. Wow. Um, I, went, I went to the Sphere in Vegas to see U2, 2 billion U.S. Um, I did a tour of the Allegiant Stadium, the Raider Stadium in Vegas, and another 2 billion U.S. Um, so that comes, that's about 16 billion U.S. On those, on those, or in New Zealand on those venues. And I think the government has spent something like 45 or $50 million on infrastructure over the last five years in New Zealand. So you put it into context and the relative size of this market, they are, they're big numbers. Interesting. How was the sphere? I saw a couple of your photos, mate. It looked, it looked, looked it was visual it, it overload. Was, it, it was incredible. It was incredible. I mean, I, I went with high expectations and, uh, you know, obviously... Um, um, a big YouTube fan, um, but uh, it, it exceeded my expectations. It, it was it was incredible. Um, if anybody's fortunate enough to be able to get along, I'd, I'd, I'd highly encourage it. Um, yeah, nothing I've ever seen before. Twenty five years down the line, what, what advice would you give to whoever's coming in and other stakeholders, shareholders of that venue? It, it is. Is it already, you need to look longer term here and very much a rebuild needs to be in that conversation? Is that fair to yeah, say? And, yeah, and, and, that's, that's, not, and that, that's not going to happen with the current councils. It's not going to happen with the current management of board, but it, yes. it's long-term thinking in 25, 30 years' time, how is Wellington Inc. going to be able to um, replace this and you kind of start looking at, well, the, the footprint of the whole building. So you've got, you've got a big footprint here. You've got, you know, car park. What opportunities are there for public-private partnerships that, that could offset some of the cost of developing a, uh, a new build? But you've also got to take into account, um, you know, factors like, um, you know, rising sea levels, um, seismic, um, you know, where, where would you put a new stadium? Would you build it here, et cetera? Um, I still think the big advantage that we have here is that we are at the confluence of public transport. Um, you can go for a bite to eat or beer downtown before the event and, and walk to the venue, and um, you know that, that's one of its appeals. It's 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 easy to get to, um, but uh, yeah. So the, there are other factors at play as well that, that also need to be considered. And um, but but yeah, long term thinking. Um, but it's not just stadium specific either. It's it's no. New Zealand infrastructure deficit across the board um, we, we do need longer term thinking as a, as a country Shane uh, you know very wise words uh, and, and hopefully people are listening and pay attention to that and uh, take that advice on board uh, thank you so much for joining us today uh, I've always enjoyed um, my dealings with you you've always been so accommodating I really do appreciate it and I'm really excited to hear having read uh, you're going to have a long break it, it's, it's, it's yeah. been a while since you've had a break isn't it yeah, I've not I've not taken a break in my career, to be honest, Daniel. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to <laughs> take the summer off and uh, see what 24 holds for me. So we'll we'll see what happens. What is it, golf? Side, but, uh, uh, what is it, golf or being the old music rager that you are, getting to as many gigs as possible? I'm 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 actually I'm going to a number of gigs over the summer, actually. So I'm looking forward to getting out and being just a, a, a punter rather than a venue manager. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant I'm stuff. The, I'm going to the Food Fighters in January as a fan, which will be interesting. So, <laughs> oh, great stuff! Hey, appreciate it, Shane. Thank you very much. Do, uh, go Thanks, well, Daniel. whatever, whatever's in the future. Pre- appreciate it. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you.
Uh, Shane Harmon, who's uh, had a long, long career in events and stadium management. Uh, I hope you found that insightful. Um, I, I know at times that got a little bit regional. Gee, Wellington's got some massive questions ahead of them, infrastructurally. Uh, and I'm not just talking about their number one stadium, right? But uh, times move on. As Shane normally says, um, as Shane said, Louis, stadium's normally knocked over after 25, 30 years. Um, we're approaching 25 years there. Who was it in America? It might have been the Atlanta Braves. Built a new stadium and then tore it down after about seven or eight years. Because they didn't like, A, where it was, and B, um, were, were able to find a private uh, public model where they have huge real estate uh, interests next door. And I, I think while that came at a very heavy cost uh, to the local um, rate payer, uh, it's now piping in quite a bit of money. Um, I, I don't think there's probably the stomach for that in New Zealand, but it's interesting to hear him that, you know, if you're going to build something, you need to get some sort of private investment going forward. We, we've just got too much to do in New Zealand, don't we, Louis? We His do. Not on. Sorry. Oh, yes, it wasn't. Now it's on. Yes, I did the, I did the uh, old Daniel McCarty turn the mic off. Uh, you're, we've got so much on the agenda. I mean, we've only just got a government today. Who knows what their priorities are when it comes to infrastructure? Uh, the roads, the state of the roads in New Zealand are so bad, going down the desert road and, and up and down. Can we justify, can put the public sector justify bombing all this money on stadiums uh, past Tikaha? I, I don't think so. I think Shane's prediction there is right, that that is the last stadium that will be fully funded, and that was an absolute arm wrestle to get done. And it turned oh, yeah. out to... And, and- and remember why, why it became an issue. Remember the, the horror um, that we all saw um, in that region experience um, that destroyed the previous stadiums. Well, that's, and you know, being down here, and I, I, I'm certain other people in Christchurch can relate to this. The earthquakes were, were terrible. They were traumatic. They were awful. They put us on the back foot. But the blank space and the, the kind of the, the whiteboard it's given us to be able to rebuild the city um, and, yeah, I don't think we would have a brand spanking new stadium in the middle of town otherwise, this soon. I'm sure they probably just would have kept redeveloping and, and renovating Lancaster Park like they've done to Eden Park because we're not, good at, we're not, we're not great at doing things in New Zealand, are we? And, and that's where the heavily kind of capitalist markets and private markets like America, when they get these guys that own these teams, the Steve Bormers that has just built this new, Finn's favourite NBA team, they've just, they're have just unveiling their new um, stadium in Inglewood next year. And, and that's worth, I think, four or five billion dollars as well. SoFi Stadium. Um, they built that new stadium for Inter-Miami. The, the, the highly private and kind of that high-end absolute ruthless competitive market share that they have to have in America kind of forces their hands to be world leading. We just don't have that in New Zealand. And then the other part of it that Shane made a really good point of explaining is they have to be very careful that they can get the amount of traffic through these stadiums for them to pay off. We're a small country, 5 million people. We are lucky to get the three Foo Fighters concerts, but are we really going to be having enough traffic through New Zealand that will justify every city having a brand new stadium worth $600 million each? Probably not. And of course, Wellington's not a big area. People continue to forget. I think the wider Wellington population's under half a million. Wellington City itself is over 200,000. Yet we've got 35,000 seats there at the moment. I've, I've, mm. I've long said. I've long mm. said it's, it's too big. It's too big. And 
you know, people get obsessed with the yellow seats because there's not enough people in the city to fill them. It seemed like it was designed for one team wearing black playing in that city once a year. Um, odd. 27 minutes after 10 o'clock. I hope you found that uh, chat interesting. He's very well plugged in. Goes to a lot of other places. Uh, checks things out. Uh, long career in it. Wish him well. Um, 27 minutes after 10. Back after the break.